This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Theo Greyhawk. Welcome to another episode of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Richard Marquez, and here with me, as always, around the campfire this time is Lee Hutchinson and Amy Nelson. How you doing, Lee? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's glad to have Amy back uh, back on the team after our little holiday break. We missed her, that's for sure. How you doing, Amy? Great to be back. I need my Earl Grey every week, so good to be back. So for today's episode, we thought we'd try something new and get out of our comfort zones and take to the outdoors. What is that thing you're messing with, Lee? I'm playing with a marshmallow dispenser. I have no idea how to use this thing. This computer told me to do this, and it just doesn't work. Amy, do you know what this is? Yes, it's a marshmallow dispenser, silly. I have no idea how to use it either. Hey, Ken! Hey, give it here. I think I know how to use this thing. (laughs) Well, 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 if it isn't Ken from our sister's show, Standard Orbit. Have a seat around the campfire, dude. And roast some marshmallows with us? Wait, where is Zach? He didn't get get lost in a blizzard, did he? You know, I, I, that guy, you, you need to put a freaking bell on him. I don't know where he is. Uh, he's, he's always tough to find. But I'll tell you, you know, Zach and I have had a crazy schedule. His, his business has taken off. We've been traveling. So we've been doing kind of host and hosting every other week on, on Standard Orbit. So to, to arrange with you guys has been, been tricky and you guys have been so patient. But I'll tell you, I am really thrilled to be here. And I'm so excited for the success that you all have had. This, this show has been wonderful. It's been a real joy to listen to, and I'm so happy for you guys. So uh, thanks thanks for having me today. And we're, we're, we're actually, yeah, we're happy to have you on here. Yeah, and I, I, did, did you want to tell the good news about your uh, another associate producer? Oh, yeah, we just, <laughs> we got word yesterday. We just locked in our seventh associate, associate producer on Standard Orbit. So we may not be the biggest show on the network, but I think we've got some of the fiercest and, and most loyal listeners. And uh, it's, a, it's a real honor for us to, to get that many. So we're, we're pretty happy with that. Hot dang. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know how many of them you can fit in a boat and row, row, row down the river with. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's time, time to get a cruise liner. <laughs> okay. I need the, I need the D. You need the D. Oh, I need okay. the D. They're not going to fit on the A. 
Well, it's funny you happened to show up because recently on Earl Grey, we actually just discussed an episode about the unsung heroes, uh, hero episodes of season two, and Shades of Grey came up. And why is that important? Well, to many, uh, to many fans, uh, Shades of Grey is considered to be one of the worst episodes on TNG. And much like Spock's brain, it's considered one of the worst on TOS. Ken, why don't you give us a brief synopsis of Spock's brain? A brief synopsis of, St- of Spock's brain. I'd be happy to. So this, this, <laughs> it's funny. We we launched uh, uh, Standard Orbit 2.0 with a Spock's brain episode, and I had a lot of fun with this. So essentially, the the, the Enterprise is um, it's in open space, and there's no dialogue for the first you know, minute and a half. It just shows red lights blinking and Kirk looking out at the screen and, and, uh, the, the ship is approaching and it's a, it's a high ion engine ship. And, um, this, this woman beams on and she is in an outfit that only the original series folks could come up with in the 1960s, because I don't know a lot of women's blouses that are attached to their boots, but this one was, and all of them <laughs> was bizarre. Anyway, she pushes a button, everybody's down, the ship goes down. When they wake up, she's gone. Spock isn't at his station. They go down to sickbay in some of the best dialogue in TOS history, talking about searching the galaxy for Spock's brain. Um, I couldn't even believe the words when I was hearing it. So anyway, Spock is there. They have him on life support. They follow an ion trail to a planet. And um, it's a glacier planet. They, they beam down. McCoy... Uh, Follows later. I'll get to that in a second. But in, also a first on any Star Trek. It's cold. It's only 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So they hadn't switched to the uh, metric system uh, yet in, in the TOS. And um, they set their uniform temperatures for 72. First and only time I've ever seen that. But uh, that was that was interesting. And they meet these uh, kind of large men who don't know the difference between male and female. And talk about these beings that, beings that bring them pain and delight. And um, I won't even dare look at my wife as I say that. Anyway, so we move on. <laughs> as most women do, yes. <laughs> I'll say Amy, it. Amy, <laughs> for the record, Amy did say that. That's right. I did not. Here comes Honey, the hand. Smack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be getting a call later. Anyway, so um, they, 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 the way it works is they find this cave that is actually an elevator. And by this point... Spock, I'm sorry, Spock and McCoy have beamed down and Spock is being used uh, through a remote control and uh, he can walk and he can do things. They go down to the center of this planet and, it, and it's, a, it's a very high tech complex run by women who have the minds of a child. Very interesting. And they are, you know, quickly captured. They're trying to find Spock's brain. They're able to communicate with him over a communicator. Uh, they... They, they, they find this control room where they have this, I don't know, kind of uh, a device that looks a lot like Nomad, which is a lot like a cloaking device that has Spock's brain in it. And um, they, they find that there's this, this big colander, right, that is called the teacher that Amy would love to have for her students who can't figure out 2x times y equals 1701. You just put them on their heads and they'd know right away. And this teacher is what this woman used to to fly to the Enterprise, steal Spock's brain, and is now telling them that they cannot use this to put the brain back. They wind up putting the brain back. McCoy does it. He puts it on. And um, 
you know, as Kirk does all the time in violating the prime directive, sets them on a completely new journey to um, to set up, you know, I guess a normal human existence with men and women coming together. And it's um, it, it was really bad, but it was enjoyable. Like all Star Trek, I'll watch it all. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, not exactly the flagship episode of the original series, folks. No, not at all. No, not at all. Well, there we go. You just, you just basically what we want. I, I watched that whole entire episode in my head. So, <laughs> as you're doing it, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to have a rewatch here. Sweet. I'm sorry. I, ho- I hope you don't have like one of those PTSD moments, you know, thinking about it again, because, you know, there's a famous saying, you know, one scene cannot be unseen, right? So it's true. Enjoy that. <laughs> So on this, so anyway, <laughs> Amy, since you enjoy this episode, uh, since you enjoy this episode, why don't you give us a brief synopsis of Riker's brain? I mean, um, Shades of Grey. Yeah, when we did our season two unsung episodes, we did mention that Shades of Grey was originally to be called Riker's brain. And then, of course, you know, TNG had to be so different from TOS that they um, changed it to Shades of Grey. And then also uh, Lee mentioned that this he chose this for one of his episodes as it being the one and only clip show of uh, Star Trek. So for those reasons, it was on our list. And so... What Shades of Grey is, is Riker and his team are on a planet on a way mission and Riker gets bitten by this unknown object and he can't get beamed aboard because something's wrong with his leg. And so finally they get him beamed aboard, but there is an infection virus thingy and it's spreading and it's going through his nervous system and it's going to attack his brain. And so Troy, of course, is by uh, Dr. Pulaski's side and helping her uh, try and figure out how to stop this infection from spreading and and killing Riker in the end. So they uh, deduce that feelings and emotions will have an effect on this infection. And so they go through and then we get the next 30 minutes of Riker reliving the past two years on uh, Enterprise D and we get his good feelings and then oh that makes the infection grow and so well what if we intensify the feelings and get bad feelings and then the bad feelings uh, slow down the infection and finally uh, save the day and Riker is saved bad good (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure you know and i'm actually surprised that uh pulaski actually didn't pull riker's brain to prevent the um the infection to actually go into his brain or the microbes to go into his brain i mean mccoy did say that uh he could sustain a human brain indefinitely what do you guys think well you know (laughs) i'll say this um it, it was it was a very different episode, and and you know I, I'm a big TNG fan, and I, I didn't mind the clip portion of it. it. It wasn't it wasn't the best thought out plot, um, and and you forgot a piece there, Amy. I I don't mean to interject or heaven forbid contradict on your own show, but it it was good feelings, horny feelings, oh. bad feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, that, and that could have been a very interesting scene if it had a different rating, to tell yeah. you the truth. But, um, you know, because God knows what we'll be going through. Thank God it's not on my head. But I, I thought that the, um, you know, it, it, there was there was a good conversation recently about how, how difficult it is to put 26 shows in, in a, you know, it's, it's half a year's worth of shows. And, you know, you need that one more. And everybody at the end is really tired. That includes the cast. That includes the uh, the writers, the directors, everybody. And so you, you could see that this was definitely a, okay, how do we get this done? Get this across the finish line. It's the exact opposite of Spock's brain. Spock's brain was the launching of the big third season. <laughs> man, oh, man, you, you, you couldn't have started it off um, with... with um, with with the worst concept or episode, so it, you know two diametrically different things here: the the end of a season and the beginning of a season, both really bad. But I would say that Spock's brain, come on, guys, this was supposed to kick off season number three. You're you're, you're fighting for your lives, and uh, didn't work out too well. Well, wasn't it that uh, Gene Roddenberry was taken off as showrunner, and so he sort of stepped back, and that sort of. Yeah, evidence he quit. there actually he quit okay yeah he, quit. Well. Yeah, he, he was having a, a hissy fit over the time slot that uh st- that they got for season three and right. um wasn't and it I a think, friday night or something yeah at 10 so, yeah yeah and it was so you know when when the audience wouldn't be watching it, it had a seven thirty time slot be- before that and uh you know, there's 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 so many stories about Roddenberry and, and the way he reacted to these things. There's people saying he was going to work on another show and all that other stuff. But I think a lot of people were, were pretty tired and burnt out. Um, you know, it, it's funny because on the tail end of TOS and the first two, two and a half years of, of TNG, you kind of had the uh, the Roddenberry soap opera going on both ways, you know. Well, and you would think that there would be, you know, some writers maybe stepping up, but didn't they say the word brain 37 times in that episode? I mean... Did you count it? Well, come on, writers, step it up, you know? (laughs) Brain, brain, what is brain? (laughs) I know who the math teacher is here. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot of times. I, I, I guess they really wanted you to know that we're talking about brains here. Exactly. I'm like, okay, can we say something different? <laughs> so, for all the brain talk, how many of you feel smarter after watching these two episodes? <laughs> I feel like I could write primetime TV after watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's all it takes. <laughs> that's awesome. What'd you guys think about the episodes overall? I mean, for Spock's brain, like I haven't watched it in absolutely years and years. I think I'd probably maybe watched it once. Um, it's not been an episode I've given maybe due rewatch. So I watched it yesterday, and I and I could barely remember a thing about it apart from the obvious part of Spock losing his brain and having the um, you know, being turned into essentially a, a kind of walking robot. And um, yeah, I was watching it at the beginning, and I was just thinking it was so funny. Like I was watching it with my girlfriend who is. Next day, I'd never seen any Star Trek. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, i got to watch this episode ahead of tomorrow. I can't, can't watch it tomorrow. You know, I've got things on. Let's just watch it tonight. Let's get it out of the way. And then she was like, oh, so what's this episode? I was like, well, wow, this is considered the worst episode out of like 729 episodes. Uh, oh, and she was like, oh, um, well, I'm going to go to the shop and get some cheese. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she missed the first half. And I was just chuckling away to myself just watching it. Like, uh, I've said it numerous times, like really naff cheesy daft star trek is better than like 
most TV. Like with Star Trek, you you know, a lot of the episodes like they can be good, but you maybe don't want to dive into them maybe more than once or twice. That you know, once you've seen them go to a nebula adventure, you know, you've seen them all kind of. But with this, like Spock's brain, threshold, kind of other such episodes that kind of have a bit of a bad rap, like I'm quite happy to watch them because they're quite there's something different and there's something interesting about watching it and seeing how kind of uh, how they failed in a way and like yeah it's interesting I mean it just the first hat quarter where they're talking about we need to find Spock's brains where's Spock's brain and they're having this big mystery of finding Spock's brain and then the cavemen appear that's just like great <laughs> and then you've got them kind of trapped by the women and then it's just like the most blatant sexism these women couldn't control the you know this technology and yeah I know it's because they don't come, not come across overly intelligent but just the way it's written and acted like these women couldn't do this these women can do that can you not see these women that was the point my uh, very uh, female empowered girlfriend came back and was like what the hell is this <laughs> and, and I was like and I just finished telling her I was like oh Star Trek such an inclusive program you know first interracial kiss there's a Russian on the bridge there's a Japanese character on the bridge it's truly ahead of its time these women I'm like oh my god um, so that was made for an awkward bit and then just like Spock talking over the computer and it, I mean it was just ridiculous and um, you know good fun so I, I enjoyed it all in all um, you know in a kind of perverted way um, so yeah um, Spock's brain I don't think I'll watch it anytime soon but yeah it's charming in its own way I mean there's much worse episodes of the original series and much worse episodes in season 3 at worst people can say this where episode is sexist incompetent it's still more enjoyable than some of the episodes in season 3 that's for sure <laughs> Well, to be fair on your comment of Bones saying, well, these women can't, you know, think this way and stuff. He did say that to the cavemen as well. And it's like, you know, uh, Kirk is beating him up. Tell us, tell us where the brain is. And it's like, you know, Dr. McCoy's like, he can't answer. He doesn't know. And I sort of thought that sounds a little like Counselor Troy. Isn't that her job to you know, determine the feelings and emotion and, you know, and here he is, he's just doing that by looking at him. What makes, you know, McCoy the, uh, person, the authority on, oh, well, he can't tell you and these women can't tell you. I don't know. I thought he's that a was a miracle worker. Plaudits on, Obviously. Say, plaudits on <laughs> saying, where's the brain? Where's the brain with such a straight face? I mean, I mean, wow. Fair play. And I know real real actors having to do that dialogue, man. It's rough, but uh, I, I will say, um, you know, it, it is funny looking at at that show through a twenty first century lens. I didn't really, you know, it's funny, Lee. It didn't it didn't come across to me as being sexist. I, I kind of took it as as soon as those girls were identified through the fact that they weren't lying because Bones could tell from their physiological changes that they were telling the truth, that they had the mind of a child. That's where I got the, uh, you know, that's where I got the, oh, they they could never rule this because, you know, the technology is beyond these children. Oh, definitely. It's just funny the way it just comes across and just like, these women... These women, yeah, no, I know. But the the cavemen, I mean, it looked like, you know, I was, I was watching, the first thing I thought was like, I think it's ZZ Top and their cousins are coming to get the Enterprise crew. Get down, get down. <laughs> I mean, I've done these a guys are... podcast with Richard early in the morning and he looked a bit, they looked a bit like him when he comes up on the Zoom thing here. I was like, oh, that's Richard just coming onto the podcast. No, no, it's one of the cavemen. <laughs> oh, and my family owns some wig stores, wigs and toupees. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we could have done way better than that. It was terrible. 
Think of the oh, wow. lost income by not playing to the Star Trek Hollywood team, Amy. Good yes. God. Spock's brain could have like I bet William Shatner fancied picking up one of the wigs from uh, from one of the cavemen oh. at the end. You know, it was probably one of the first shows you can really tell just that he's wearing a toupee. They have these very interesting shots in, in Spock's brain that I'd never seen on on any TOS episode before. And it was it was the view of the view screen from behind the captain's chair, and you could see both sides of the bridge, which is very, very rare for TOS. And and they kind of zoom in behind him and close up on the back of his head. And, and that's when you go, oh, wow, that is a, a toupee. And it, it wasn't always that obvious, uh, or, or very rarely is it that obvious. But with those shots, it, it wasn't very flattering for the poor guy. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. I'll have to look at that again because I, uh, I watched this maybe a couple weeks ago when we were supposed to do it. <laughs> well, but if like, you yeah. want your brains dripping out of your ears for another watch, go for it, brother. <laughs> I, uh... Well, you know what? That was actually the first time I ever watched Box Brain. Uh, really? Yeah, it was the first time because I okay. actually thought it was Usually a different episode. Usually making these confessions. Yeah, no, this <laughs> was I was never going to get yes. away with telling you what she hasn't seen before. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I, I listen to your show every week, guys, and, and you know, I'm always, my heart's always always breaking every time Amy said I didn't see this but Richard really at least it's You've the never worst seen episode it? at least it's the worst episode I, but don't I you always it. want to see what the worst is I mean to me that's almost compelling you know like sometimes they say this movie's really bad you're gonna laugh out loud I can't wait to see it and then they go yeah it was that bad <laughs> wow I, Richard I, it, it was it's supposed to be on my must watch and I just never got around to it I think I fell asleep through it actually the first time I watched it around but um yeah oh so don't give me any more crap from you mister you that's the only one I haven't watched until now <laughs> so you're all set now you've got all 700 whatever so, it is yeah uh, all 700 something you know I had to tape my eyelids open and you know watch that uh that episode. <laughs> so it was funny. I had an interesting experience similar to Lee because my uh, younger brother, 10 years younger, uh, grew up on Next Gen. And so I was like, hey, we, we're going to watch Spock's Brain. What is that? I don't remember that episode because he, you know, really enjoys Next Gen. And I was like, yeah, it's an original series. Oh, I've never seen an original series. I was like, Oh, oh, and I'm just thinking to myself, I have to introduce TOS to him with this episode. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, quite why, the adventure. Amy, why, why, <laughs> You should have started it's, with something else. <laughs> We're like, no, 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 no. Let's watch this one first. <laughs> City on the edge, balance of, he's a Navy guy right. too, balance of terror or something. Oh my, oh my. Yeah, he probably would have enjoyed balance of terror. Yeah, he would have, yeah. Yeah, but we weren't talking about it. We were talking Spock's brain, so we watched it. And it, it was very interesting to make the comparison because, you know, we both love TNG. And, you know, mm -hmm. the sound effects really made for the lack of special effects, you know. So you have this brain colander is what I think you said, Ken. <laughs> the brain and, colander. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and so they're putting it on and oh my gosh, uh, the sounds going and the music and, you know, it's like, well, nothing's going on. The only thing that's moving is the music. Oh, and McCoy's eyeballs. They were going to pop out of his head. Could you uh, believe how he looked when he was doing that? Oh, that was great acting. Mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, mm -hmm. yeah, we laughed. very good in this episode as well, I must say. Well, I'll tell you, when, they, when, when, when Spock first uh, beams down 
<laughs> Boy, there was there was a, a a trumpet sound that only Brandon Shane Metallic could love. Man, that was that was intense. So I did appreciate it coming from an education point of view that it's you know what happened to the people on the planet. They lost their ability to think for themselves and had to trust on the controller. And so then this teacher thing, they would give them snippets of, you know, flashes of smartness and then it would fade away, which I see, unfortunately, every day in my classroom. Short term memory loss. (laughs) (laughs) No, none of my students listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) But it just, you know, they had to have once had the technology and the brain power to do it. And then they just got lackadaisical and they stopped learning and just became dependent on others until it became down to this one brain. And I think there's a lesson to be learned there that, you know, you need to think for yourselves and you need to make choices for yourself and your life that fits your needs and not become dependent on what other people say or do. That's what I got from Spock's brain. You got a lot more than the rest of us. Yeah, I, was I, say, I, I thought that, that was all. a very poignant. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, because there were two terms I heard for the first time in this episode. One was atrophy. I hadn't heard that, you know, when I first heard that years and years ago. Oh, okay, that's an interesting term. And then famously, it is the first time you ever hear the word futile said futile. And also Richard got some beauty sleep watching this episode as well. So it wasn't all wasted for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And then um, I was reading, uh, well, and then I was thinking, and of course I, I really enjoy Metatrex and how they talk about, well, what would make a person? So is it really Spock? You have Kirk fighting the entire episode to return Spock to his body. Well, is Spock not his brain? I mean, isn't Spock still living or does he need his body in order to be fully Spock? I think that's a good question for Metatrix. But I was thinking about it. What is that? Yeah. Th- what is that thing uh, they called it in uh, the search for Spock? They're, they're like Katra. Katra. Thank you. And I, it, I had that in my head. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess he needs his Katra and, and I don't know. Maybe he doesn't need his brain. He doesn't even need his body. He just needs a spirit. Spirit. <laughs> so quotation mark spirit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's that. Maybe that. I don't know. Those are good points, though, Amy. It, it's it's. Uh, I guess it's worth worth thinking over. I, I you know obviously his his independence was stripped from him, right? So that's really the the core reason why they need to pull it back. But it's it's. You're right. Conceptually, it's it's a good question to ask. Yeah. Uh, since we've been predominantly talking about uh, Spock's brand, what about Shades of Grey? Did you guys enjoy the clip art show? Hey, not really, no. Or, or at least the beginning part, that is. You know, the first five or six clips or something like that. <laughs> like, no, not really. True, truth be told, even though I picked it as an unsung episode um, for kind of an obtuse reason as opposed to any sort of quality. Um, yeah, the episode's fine enough. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's just, I, no, I don't like it whatsoever. Um, it's just really quite a bland episode. Um, there's just nothing visually interesting whatsoever going on. It leads to nothing. Um, just historically, it, it's interesting. Um, but like, I, 
can't think of when I would ever sit go and sit down and watch it like oh yeah I should dive into this episode or kind of put it on or anything like that it's just like with Spock's brain it is an original episode um, it regardless of quality it's quite fun to watch and discuss with Shades of Grey there's very little to mine out of it yeah there's some little bits that we could kind of tenuously kind of hype up or make kind of note of but really beyond that it's just no I, I think it's it's poor and um, I think it does deserve perhaps the title of the worst episode of Star Trek solely based on how lazy it is in terms of using other clips regardless of why it had to be used it's quite an indictment I always like yeah. Lee because you just tell it like it is man <laughs> that's the token Don't. Scott in me <laughs> yeah. just sitting there drunk and, and while you're at it uh, Morris Hurley what is this all about <laughs> no ambiguity whatsoever <laughs> I like it Ken what did you think of Shades of Grey I, I, you know what? I, I don't have like a, um, I wouldn't say like Leah is the worst episode of, of, of all, but as we were saying in the beginning, I have, I have some empathy and sympathy for the writers. I, I don't like the way Pulaski, that was her last show. And, um, I always liked Dr. Pulaski. I don't know why, but I thought she was a, a good character and she had obviously a prominent role in this, but it's not, you know, it's, it's like Star Trek five in that way, you know, thank God you didn't go out that way. And, um, but, but overall, you know, it was, it was a silly episode. It, 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 it wasn't, um, Star Trek at its best in terms of usually the intellectual firepower they bring to it. You know, if you're going to beam down to a planet and you're going to go down in your pajamas and get hit by a thorn, you know, and I mean, it's just like, there, there's certain things that, and it's, it doesn't matter which series they do this all the time. But if, if you're going to go into an environment you're not familiar with, there's risks that you don't understand. You dressed accordingly, right? So it was a kind of a, like you said, it was a very lazy way of getting, um, getting this, this, this infection. And then, you know, it was, I, I will say, Lee, I guess it, it was clever in how they pulled the clips back into the episode. It wasn't just a bunch of people sitting around the table or a bar talking about, well, remember when we did this, you know, or remember when the captain said that. Uh, it was it was interesting that they centered it all around Riker and kind of his experiences because as the first officer he was involved all the time with things. The other characters may not have been quite as much, but yeah, it was it was lazy. It was it was we got to finish the season as fast as we can. It was uh, it was a shame that uh, like I said that Pulaski went out that way and you know the the emotions and all that other stuff. I was like, man, if we were to rewrite that, we, we could have a lot of fun with that at a, at a lot of people's expense, especially after seven seasons. That would have really been a kick. But. Oh, yes. That would be so awesome. And I, I, yeah, you could pull so much out of that. <laughs> I think like yeah, one thing I would disagree with somewhat with is like, I think Stargate was, I don't know if any of you ever watched it. I actually thought they always did kind of clip shows quite well because what they would do is that they would involve sort of the clips in sort of a, in that way of like talking around desks. Like, like whether mm-hmm. they were debriefing the president all about the Stargate program and they were showing clips of how the Stargate program worked and making it as like explaining it to the president or I think yeah. there was an episode about a senator or various different things like that. And they seem to do it 
quite well with clips of the thing. There was one where someone was is like seeing the Stargate team's missions in his head and couldn't get them out, and they use that as a clip. Shows that I think there is inventive ways to do it and I think yeah it's an okay way that they kind of use it here I mean I'd be annoyed if I was Riker and my life experiences were reduced to the the two years and um, <laughs> it could have been an interesting idea of like you know if the money was no restriction of being able to dive into his past issues with his father for example you know some of his experiences on the hood and such like that could have been quite good um, I mean it's just yeah. yeah it's just the way it is isn't it yeah it was a uh, it was very c- capsulized you're right you know two years of history isn't a lot but but it was good history. Yeah. If you say so. Okay. <laughs> so are we to assume, I found some uh, pretty cute, uh, funny quips back and forth uh, with Riker on the bed table and he's getting examined by one of the nurses. And uh, are we to assume that Chuck Norris is uh, Riker's great, great grandfather with that snake joke? That was hilarious. Remember that? Oh, blank <laughs> stairs. Okay. So he's on the, the table and he's like, well, I think you're going to be okay. He's like, yeah, well, talk to the, my great, great grandfather was bitten by a snake and two weeks later the snake died. So I think I'll be all right. You know, that joke that's been attributed to Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Yeah. 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 So are we Good too? call out. All yeah, right, there out. you go. Very that good call out, Amy. Yep, Thank I remember you. that now. Yeah. Attention to detail. I like that, Amy. Yes. And then at the end, when he wakes up and he calls himself Captain Riker, and then Picard's like, well, Admiral and I to Data. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> those two little things. Oh, those were great. <laughs> I thought they were funny. So that's okay. So there was there was a few seconds out of the forty eight minutes. That exactly okay. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there was also acting. some good, like the interplay between Data and Jordy going down to the planet. You're starting to see their little bromance, you know, start. And well, Data's worried that Jordy shouldn't go down, and then Data comes back, or then Jordy comes back and says, "Well, how do you know they don't like androids?" better you know type of that so that was cute and then obviously the Troy Riker relationship is highlighted there and I'm always a sucker for that so there's some good things in this episode there's always some good in every Star Trek so what are your thoughts Richard we haven't heard you um you know actually I I kind of liked uh, Shades of Grey and mainly because it was, I guess, reminiscing on some of the best and also the worst of uh, seasons one and two or even three. Yeah. Three was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Three was a part of it as well. And um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, granted uh, when they first started the clip show, it was, <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, and then obviously it gets uh, more aggressive and, and whatnot. And even still, I mean, it's still, I, I didn't think it was a bad episode. I, I mean, like I said, I, saw it at or I saw lots of review people reviewed it that it's one of the worst I don't agree with that I can think of another episode but we'll discuss that later <laughs> but like um yeah it's definitely um, one of those episodes that yeah it, I'll give them I'll give them that it's it's lazy uh, uh it's it's for sure lazy um uh, show because it just looks like they were just you know hey we need a show filler uh, let's let's do this and let's do a clip art show um, but uh, yeah I mean overall I actually liked the episode so the competitiveness 
in me came out, especially at the end. So when they're going through and you're like, oh, that's angel one. Oh, that's, and you're naming all the titles. But then at the end, it's like going bam, 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 bam. Like, were you just shouting out those episodes? Oh, that's that, that's that. No, I think I was having one of those things that affects oh. where you know when you watch those Japanese cartoons where you're just like kind of having a seizure on the floor. I do like, <laughs> it, like the, I do like the music of it. Um, it's quite good and it's it's some good editing. Yeah, but like yeah, it's the same with some clip shows. Like yeah, I remember that episode, but with it being only kind of two seasons worth, you don't have to do much revision to kind of nail down most of them. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some fun, quick, short nostalgia, you know, and. Uh, it, it's it's funny. I, I don't know. I, but anytime they go to the special effects and you get some good shows there, that was okay. I liked kind of the um, the expressions on both uh, Troy's and Pulaski's face when they started reprogramming uh, Riker to kind of think a little naughty. You know, they they looked a little <laughs> impish there, and, and it was just <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, okay. You know, I just I just hope he had a blanket on anyway. <laughs> Do you think she was? Uh, do you think uh, Troy was a little angry at him? <laughs> I know I was wondering that too. You know, because she says Imzadi to Riker, and then you know he's reliving all of his you know erotic emotions and with Angel One and man, he's the one loose there out on in the galaxy there. But uh, yeah, I was like, man. How is Troy feeling about this? I don't know about that, but that didn't last very long. Then uh, Admiral, <laughs> you can just imagine Admiral McCoy walking in and seeing Troy and Pulaski over over Riker doing this kind of brain surgery and going, "These women, these women, how are they able to do this?" You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that's I always great. hear people say that they like Pulaski over Crusher. Well, if Pulaski was so great, then once she found the. Uh, uh, endorphins or whatever going through his brain, wouldn't she be able to duplicate it and then not have to force Riker to relive all of these negative emotions because she's duplicated that specific endorphin in his brain? Just throwing it out there to the listeners. Well, maybe if she had the teacher with her on board the Enterprise, then she would be able to, but I guess not. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Now, Amy, further, I didn't say she was better. No, I just heard it, you know. I, you know, I would say she killed less of the crew. <laughs> well, I, I will say, you know, the, the writers made Pulaski a, a, a more competent doctor in her one year than Crusher did in her first year, you know, and Crusher wasn't bad. And, and, and as time went on, I think that uh, she, she got better and better and more and more, um, the chemistry got better, but uh, yeah, she she was she was just a good character. That's all. You know, I actually think that Pulaski was a good thing to have on the show because they because I think they got it down to where what kind of a doctor they needed, in, in especially in a female role. And then, of course, interject uh, you know Crusher again um, and basically take a second shot at it. And I think they did better um, as it, as it gone as the seasons got later um, for uh, Crusher, or at least for the writing that is. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know the the one thing though that we see on television a lot though is you, you don't see a lot of roles for for women over fifty, right? Because as guys get mature and all that other stuff, that's fine, but but not for the not for the women. And so that was kind of a nice thing that they did, and they didn't care about appearance and so forth. You know, you didn't have to be an hourglass uh, model for the role, and uh, you know she was a very competent professional. Dr. McCoy, like curmudgeon doctor, and um, you know that that might have been part of reason that it didn't last. Is people are like it's just a copycat, but 
um, you know, n- none of the series really did well in that aspect for for women cast members. Well, talking copycat, yeah. Pulaski didn't like the transporters. Isn't that copying bones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was and a she cute said little. How she felt. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's. Uh, should we? Uh, should we say? Or no, I, I, we don't have to do a reading. <laughs> I was gonna say, should we do a reading on it? But I, uh, I guess we can consume that they're both somewhat not good. Early sp- uh, Spock brain is terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, temperature so controlled uniforms. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Nice. Well, right. some kind of protection, at least in shades, shades of gray. Right? They need. Yeah. They yeah. had better uniforms in TOS, yeah, right? it always annoyed me how there was so little, there was like so little away uniforms. It was just like, let's just go down in the jumpsuit as if that would happen anywhere else. Like I go down to the corner shop, I'll put on a, like a thicker coat or something like that. Sure. It's not just like I'll go, I'll just go down and just like my work clothes. Like I would put on something else or, ooh, maybe I, maybe I need some gloves or, you know, something like that. No. <laughs> well, even when you have all that on TOS, like the naked time, they just take the gloves off, rub their nose, and <laughs> so even it might just be a point. Lee, even when you give it to them, they still they still exactly. screw it up. <laughs> I love that part of that episode. I was like, why would you take your damn glove off? <laughs> it's like, that makes no sense. Uh, you can give them the tools, but not the knowledge, folks. What can you do? I mean, and even still, like when if you look at it uh you can actually see his exposed neck i mean granted it's not a helmet or anything like that but it's basically a sheet and that's all it is over i don't know so richard you did see an episode that's awesome good for you man thanks for that <laughs> it's nice sitting over here in this chair for once <laughs> i get to continue to lord it over both of you yes <laughs> 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 okay, so talking about Spock's brain and Riker's brain. Oh, dang! I keep doing that. I mean, shades are great. It isn't the only thing that we've been talking about on the network. Here is a preview of what else you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek FM, the Ready Room. How do they explain McCoy's beard and leisure suit and? giant necklace in the motion picture when he first comes aboard the Enterprise. Is that a statement that he was making right there? It was. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> the statement is... And what that, was that statement, The Larry? statement is that in the future, even rural Georgia <laughs> can be just as disco as you damn well want to be. Saturday Morning Trek. I want to be on the couch of the kid in, in Maine, and his dad's a whaler, and he knows what Ambergris is, and he's watching it Saturday morning, and he turns on Star Trek, and he sees the Ambergris, and he's, he's like, Dad, get in here. They're going whaling. <laughs> Meta treks. But these Romulans are still walking around in those nasty pointy shoulder tunics that they wear. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> Doesn't seem like they shed as much of their identity as the Klingons yeah, no, no, did. Not shedding as much of their identity. Stage 9, a podcast about the people who make Star Trek. Like, I didn't want to come back to the show after that. Oh my god. 
I don't know what's going on here. I don't understand. It, I, the world doesn't make any sense anymore, does not, it? Not at all. It makes less sense to me than it did <laughs> to Rekha Sharma's character at the end of Crossroads <laughs> Part 2. <laughs> and introducing our newest show, Primitive Culture. A look at history and culture through Star Trek. The key thing with Jatrellis, all of these elements are exactly the same thing as the events in real life. You know, the Metron Cascade is the bomb. Rhinax is Nagasaki or Hiroshima. You know, the poisoning is analogous to radiation poisoning and all these different things. And the the parallels are enormously overt with Jatrell straight away. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all of these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcast on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's shows, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best places to join the larger conversation is in the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. We love interacting with our listeners there, so join the conversation. If you'd like to send us an email, we love those too. You can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. If you'd like to help keep all the shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all that details at patreon.com slash trekfm. So, Ken, where can uh, people contact you if they want to adjust their e-morgue uh, pain belts? <laughs> well, you can find me always on the Babel Conference, going back and forth with uh, all the listeners out there. I enjoy that very much. Or you can find me on Twitter at Boston SCPO. And, um, yeah, just um, if you want to reach out, find, friend me on Facebook, wide open. So uh, look forward to hearing from folks. And he responds very quickly, too. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a few days Depends if I'm in the air or not Right But I try I try But don't you just purchase the Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, when you go overseas though You don't always have it Oh, 
Yeah, oh, that sucks. Oh well. <laughs> so, Amy, um, if anyone needs uh, needs you to read their emotions while they're unconscious, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, tweeting about all the fun shows I've been watching. When I tweeted, I was watching Spock's Brain. I got quite the comments on that. Uh, but I'm at at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place with Ken is on the Babel Conference, our uh, Facebook listeners group page so you can find me there and you know lee and i will just stay on the sidelines <laughs> <laughs> so lee if anyone needs your android uh like reflexes where can they find you yeah you can find me on twitter at lee underscore nostromo you can find me on the filibuster podcast you can find me on the glasgow's green podcast here and there and yeah just i'm always happy to talk about star trek and everything along those lines as well so yeah you can find me there and if anyone needs a quick lesson on the teacher, you can find me uh, on, exclusively on the Babel Conference on Facebook. And that's it for right now. So until I get my uh, Twitter um, uh, situation figured out again. So, um, so Richard, I think I've taken up a bunch of your time. I've got a mountain to climb. Ken, we all know that the record for El Capitan is in no danger of being broken. Why are you going to doing that? <laughs> Well, if Lee can do marathons, I can do a mountain <laughs> once. Well, hopefully, once. hopefully I'll get back to you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, uh, man. Uh, it was it was great to have you on. No, thanks for having me aboard, guys. I really enjoyed it. Love your show. Awesome. So, join us for another cup of Earl Grey. Great joy and gratitude. Science will triumph. Today is a good day to die!